Today on Salt and Light Radio, we speak with author Karen Zizzo about the seven lessons she learned from the miraculous healing of her son Stephen. And our artist of the week is the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir, who've just released their first album, Novum Gaudium. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and sitting here with me is Chris Dimitrenko, our trusty news producer. Chris! Hi, Pedro. How was your summer? Summer was all right. I was able to take a few weeks away, went uh, to Madonna House, a Catholic farm community in Newfoundland. What did you do this right. summer, Pedro? Yeah, well, I went, as you know, I went uh, camping with the family. We went uh, uh, to the uh, three of the eastern provinces, uh, mm -hmm. New Brunswick, uh, Nova Scotia, and PEI. And the highlight, and I have to say this with you, because you're the one who told us that if we were at Cape Breton National Park, you've got to do go, the Skyline Trail. And we went trail. on the Skyline Trail, uh -huh. and we saw a moose, just like you said. So me and the kids, everybody was really happy about the moose. So thank oh, you. excellent. That was the highlight of my summer. Um, and I know you went to Newfoundland and you probably saw more moose than I did, but I don't want I you to see a couple, <laughs> a couple. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, let's just start as we always do with a song and our group today. It's a, it's actually one, a parish group, but they don't sound like your typical parish group. I think you'll like their sound, Chris. This is the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir from the Canadian Martyrs Parish in Hamilton. They have a new album or their first album is Novum Gaudium. And we're going to start with a song titled Angelus Ad Virginem. Oh, 
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara. Man, we just heard the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir with their song Angelus Ad Virginem from their new album, the uh, Novum Gaudium. We will be speaking to the choir director uh, in the second half of the program. But now, um, still sitting here with Chris, uh, catching up on the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the summer is sometimes a slow time for news. People are away on vacation, but there were... A number of big news stories. What do you think was the big news story of the summer? Oh, wow. The summer seems like it was so long ago. And part of the time like we were camping, I had no clue that there were floods in Pakistan for two weeks. So uh, in a way that resonates. But I guess I would have to say that the World Cup, if, if that, that was a big one, for news, sure. Because that took two or three weeks of our time mm-hmm. watching soccer all day long. And there was the BP oil spill that, right. that went on for a long time, the Gaza flotilla. Oh, right. In terms of church news, I mean, there was the new norms on sex abuse. That was a big one. Mm. And here, in the Can- here in Canada, we lost uh, one of our three cardinals to Rome, though. Yes, uh, that's he, right. Uh, cardinal Marquelet of Quebec City. We only have three cardinals here in Canada, and one, and and, one has and one been of taken away to the Congregation of Bishops. So he's in the Vatican right now. But there's two other stories, Pedro, that I think have significance looking ahead uh, that probably people have forgotten about. But I can tell you they'll be hearing more about them in the future. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that announcement on June 28th of the Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization. Now, this is a new body in the church, basically the first major new body that Pope Benedict has created. And the goal is to repropose the truth of the gospel in regions where secularism has, has really taken hold. So right. it's the re-evangelization, so to speak, as opposed to another congregation for the evangelization of, of the people. Yeah, propagation of the faith. That's yeah. right. Which is more for areas where, uh, where the missions. Th- yeah, yeah, there haven't been considered Christian nations. Okay, interesting. Now, Archbishop Brino Fisichella, formerly of the Pontifical Academy for Life, he's in charge of this, but we haven't seen anything from them yet. I'm sure we will, but so far there's no web presence, uh, and and we're waiting to see just how are they going to make a splash, and also how is this council going to work or not work mm-hmm. with existing bodies in the church. For example, the Pontifical Council for Social Communications is taking a greater role in the church's evangelization efforts. So how will they work together? Yeah. So we're waiting to see just how this new council is going to affect the church and and hopefully bring about a new evangelization. Right. Now, the other piece of news, Pedro, was the death of Bishop Luigi Padovese. He was killed on June 3rd, allegedly by his driver, Murat Altoon, who right. had been detained pending trial. He was stabbed, I think, 25 yeah, times. I remember. Now, initially it was said that this person was, was uh, um, you know, criminally insane, had psychological problems, and the Vatican seemed to affirm this interpretation, quick to quell any interreligious fallout. But, I mean, there was no medical certificate saying that he was insane from beforehand. Statements afterwards seemed to indicate there might have been some religious motivation. Right. Uh, maybe it was a combination, and this whole issue was still lacking resolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, he will be, certainly, his absence will be felt in October, because in in the Vatican, there's going to be the Synod of Bishops of the Middle East. So every year, a big Synod yeah, of Bishops, up. and this year it's the Middle East, and his death really adds increasing urgency to the need to the need to protect Christian minorities in the Middle East. It's not very often that I mean we hear about persecution all the time, but when it uh, when it turns out to be a bishop 
who may have been killed for religious motivations. We don't know. Exactly. Um, it, 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 it's something that they're going to be talking about in Rome. Yeah, and I'm sure that, that we'll be hearing, that's what you say, that we're, that we're going to be hearing a lot about what it's like to be a Christian a minority in a, in a largely Muslim or Hopefully drawing a lot country, of attention yes. uh, to, to, to an issue that I think a lot of Christians in the Western world are, are unaware of. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much, Chris. Um, we're just going to take a little break, but don't go anywhere because Chris will be right back with some more news. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann, and I'm sitting here with our news producer, Krista Matrenko, as we continue with the news. Um, some sad news about this September 11th uh, Quran burning day. It, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that news. Well, um, for those who have been living under a rock, <laughs> uh, there's, a floor, there's an evangelical pastor in Florida who plans to burn a stack of copies of the Quran to mark the ninth anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks, mm-hmm. which is Saturday, that's today. And, uh, and the Vatican joined the chorus of those who are condemning this through what's called the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue. And, uh, and they said, quote, that these deplorable acts of violence referring to 9-11, yes. in fact, cannot be counteracted by an outrageous and grave gesture against a book considered sacred by a religious community. Yeah. And they went on to say that each religion with its respective sacred books, places of worship and symbols has the right to respect and protection. So uh, the Pontifical Council really going out there to say, you know, we must defend the rights of, uh, of Muslims in North America. And, uh, and certainly that would have implications for, you know, if we're talking about reciprocity, Uh, We expect the same thing for Christian minorities. Mm -hmm. So if we don't do the same for the Muslims, how can we ask some Muslim countries to be to be uh, protecting the Christian exactly. minorities this is what you were saying in the previous segment about exactly. the Christians in the Middle East. Yeah. And and, and I, I would wonder, you know, what this pastor in Florida would say about whether one should be permitted, say, to, to burn Bibles. I wonder yeah, what he would I'm say sure about he that. He would not like that. Um, now, another uh, topic that I thought was interesting is, is what the Pope had to say this week at the general audience. Now, the general audience doesn't get a whole lot of news attention. I mean, they they're quite long. Have you been to a general audience? I've, I've never been to a general audience in Rome, but yeah. So this is probably the audiences that happen. Yeah, I see them yeah, on I TV. Yeah, see them on Salt and Light yeah, every and, Wednesday. And uh, but sometimes they're they're very long. There's a lot of different groups applauding and cheering, yes, and they yes. each have their time and and they sing songs. And and also the Pope's catechesis don't seem to have many political overtones, except for. Uh, brief comments made to the language groups sometimes, yeah. but it seems it seems very religious and catechetical, yeah. appropriate yes. to that. But if you pay close attention, you can be rewarded by remarks that often have pertinence to modern issues and may or may not be veiled. Okay. And one of them uh, was in regards to St. Hildegard of Bingen. And St. Hildegard, this is the second week that the Pope's talked about her, and it looks like he's doing a series now. So this was this last church. week. That's right. Right. And he said, uh, he talked about St. Hildegard and, and how she called monastic communities and clergy to a life in conformity with their vocation. And he specifically made reference to uh, her opposition to a group called the German Cathar movement. Uh, they, their name means pure, but basically the reason why they're significant with Hildegard was they supported radical reform of the church 
principally to combat clerical abuses. Interesting. Now, there's a lot of groups today that are supporting radical reform of the church, again, to combat clerical, clerical abuses. abuses. Now, the Pope says that she reprimanded the Cathars fiercely, accusing them of wanting to subvert the very nature of the church. And the Pope reminds them that the true renewal of the ecclesial community is not obtained by changing structures so much as by a sincere spirit of penance and a fruitful journey of conversion. And he punctuated that line by saying, this is a message we must not forget. Interesting. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chris. There's always always something happening. I guess I'm going to have to pay closer attention to the general audiences from now, yeah. from now Every on. From now on. Every Wednesday. Every yeah. uh, Wednesday. And the repeat in English or French, the highlights on Salt and Light Television. On, on Thursdays. On Thursdays. That's right. Anyway, thank you very much, Chris. Are back in full force for the third season of Salt and Light Radio. Uh, Chris Dimitrenko, our news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything you heard on this show or on any of our programs, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, I'm Steve Angrisano, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. And now it's time for our diocesan updates. Here now with me is Mary Rose Bacani. Just first, before you start, yes. did you have a good summer? Oh, I did. It's great. It, it, it went by too fast. I know though. that you're, you've been working a lot <laughs> in the summer, but uh, you got a little bit of a rest? A little bit and a little bit more later, hopefully. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, you'll get your summer in That's November. Um, uh, lots happening already in, in dioceses across the country. That's right. So in Vancouver, I have two events to relate in Vancouver. One is a free public presentation that's part of the Dialogue on Aging. It's entitled Dementia and Ethical Dilemmas, Answers to Hard Questions for Families. The speaker is Dr. Hild Lindemann, Professor of Philosophy at Michigan State University. If you're interested, go to the Vancouver Convention Center on Friday, September 17th at 6.15 p.m. Okay. Also this week, an 11-week course on Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body begins at St. Jude's School Hall. The teacher is Father Alan Boisclair. Cost is $40, which includes the text itself. Mm -hmm. Start date is Thursday, September 16th, and this goes on every Thursday till December 2nd Excellent. from 7 to 9, 15 p.m. Excellent. So to register, contact the Respect for Life office in Vancouver. Okay, great. So those both events in Vancouver, if people want more information, they can check the Vancouver Diocesan uh, website. That's right. And women are invited on a silent retreat this week in Carolyn, Alberta. Uh -huh. This means no TV and do not bring your work, ladies, <laughs> which I tend to do myself. <laughs> you can go on retreat at the Sanctum Spiritual Retreat Center midweek from September 14th to 16th, or this coming weekend, September, September 17th to 19th. You also get one-on-one -on -one spiritual direction. So for more info, visit sanctumretreat.ca. Okay. And women of Calgary, here's something for you as well. Endow is a Catholic educational group focusing on the nature and dignity of women. They're offering a variety of eight-week courses to help women learn, about, learn more about their faith and dignity as women. Right. There's a training workshop for women interested in starting up Endow in their parishes. Go to the Catholic Pastoral Center in Calgary on Saturday, September 18th from 10 to 4 p.m. Cost is $45. Mm. And for more info on Endow or to register for this workshop, send an email to Marianne Divjak 
at endowcanadaatshaw.ca. Okay, so that's for you people in Calgary. That's right. And for the youth of Saskatoon, here's one for you. Mm -hmm. The Youth Ministry Office for the Diocese of Saskatoon sponsors a monthly event for high school students called Dig Into God. Huh. And this year's theme is Y-Tune, and I'm assuming that's a play on iTunes. Yes, yeah. As they explore moral issues through contemporary culture. The fall kickoff for Y-Tune happens this Saturday, September 18th at Pike Lake from 2 to 9 p.m. The title is Free Fallen Morality Survivor. Mm. If you like the sound of that, contact Colm at youthmen at saskatoonrcdiocese.com. So there's no saska, it's sask. <laughs> Saskatoon. Or check them out at saskatoonrcdiocese.com <laughs> forward slash youth ministry just to confuse you. Just to confuse you. Go to your search engine and type in <laughs> Diocese of Saskatoon and you'll find it. And Toronto, join Archbishop Thomas Collins for Lexio Divina tomorrow, Sunday, September 12th at St. Michael's Cathedral. Archbishop Collins will lead us in prayer and reflection on the scriptures. Vespers is at 7 p.m. and Lexio Divina goes from 7.30 to around 8.15 p.m. Great, so Lexa Divina is starting again another yes, year. And I right. guess that means that Salt and Light Television will be there, we'll be there filming. filming and airing yes. on our network. And Pedro, your friend, Sister Marie Curley, uh -huh. is organizing a vocation discernment with the Daughters of St. Paul for young women ages 16 to 30. Everybody, well, these young women in that age range are invited to join them for pizza, an episode of a popular TV show. It doesn't say what, so we could be in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's probably more like <laughs> sex in the city. And an informal discussion ending with evening prayer in the convent chapel. That's at the Pauline Book and Media Center in Toronto on Saturday, September 18th from 4 to 8 p.m. For more info, contact Sister Marie Paul at paulinetoronto at gmail.com or if you forget that you can email pedro and he'll tell you how to reach sister, sister marie, paul. marie paul who's who's been on salt and light radio a few times so that's great great event so thank you mary rose uh don't go anywhere everybody because mary rose is going to be right back with an update about uh, what's happening in montreal you're listening to salt and light radio on the catholic channel sirius 159 and xm 117 I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and sitting here with me still is Mary Rose Bacani. Um, you got the chance to speak to someone in Montreal. Well, actually, she's going to Montreal. Oh, she's, she's not from in Saint Boniface. Yes. Oh, sorry, Saint Boniface, which is in Winnipeg. Yes, near Winnipeg. Right. I always get those two confused because <laughs> Winnipeg and Bonnet Saint Boniface are really the same. Well, she was saying. Well, Sister Norma Macdonald was saying that um, the Archdiocese of Winnipeg is across the river from yeah, where she it's, is it's, in yeah, St. Boniface. Yeah. So Sister Norma Macdonald is, is a sister of Holy Cross, and she's been the Catholic chaplain at Collège Universitaire de St. Boniface for the past 17 years. And she's actually the first non-priest to be chaplain wow. at the university. And so she's part of this bilingual Archdiocese of St. Boniface, which I told you is just across the river from the Archdiocese of Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. And two interesting facts from her, the Archdiocese of St. Boniface, Boniface is the mother church for Western Canada. Mm. And their chaplaincy program is very multi-faith. They even have a mosque inside the chapel because of all the Muslim students really? who go there. Interesting. So I had a chance to talk to Sister Norma earlier this week to, talk, to ask her about her plans for bringing a group of young people on October 30th for the canonization celebrations of Brother Andre Bissett. Sister Norma, you plan to bring a group of young people to Montreal for the weekend of October 30th. Why is that? Well, it strikes me that um, after a life dedicated to God as a brother of Holy Cross, Brother Andre died uttering 
these last four words. He said, this is the seed. So for me, as we celebrate the canonization of such a simple and humble man, I hope that the young people accompanying me and young people all over the world um, will be inspired to follow the footsteps of Brother Andre by considering a vocation to religious life, or perhaps they're called to the sacrament of marriage or single life. But my hope is that this special time gives them the courage to live the vocation that God has planted in their hearts. And I think Brother Andre is an inspiration to all of us that such a simple and humble man can live a life and so be recognized by our church today, despite the difficulties he had to overcome. I think often young people think, oh, I'm not good enough to, you know, to be a, a sister or to be a priest or to be a brother. I think that Brother Andre's life shows us that it's possible for us too. It was possible for him and it's possible for us. So it's my hope that, that young people today can take courage from this moment of grace in our church and recognize in themselves a seed and a work of resurrection which they can be called um, to witness throughout their lives. Now you have a whole weekend plan with them. Can you share a bit of that with us? Yes, we do. Um, the team, uh, the Holy Cross team of men and women, religious uh, from the oratory have organized uh, a weekend. I'll just give you some of the highlights that are perhaps different from what the public will will uh, experience when they come sure. to the oratory that weekend. Um, we're going to be doing the Stations of the Cross that are on uh, Mount Royal. That'll be, well, weather permitting. <laughs> we're hoping there's not going to be a snowstorm. Um, but in the evening after uh, after Mass, uh, one of the brothers is going to give us a conference on the life of Brother Andre. Is this the day before October 29th? Yeah, this is the Friday. Night, Friday, That's right. We're going to be getting there in, in the early afternoon. Uh, and Saturday morning, there's a, a vocation pilgrimage that we're going to be doing, which will begin at his tomb in the crypt and then take us to his heart, which is preserved at the oratory. Um, and then to the the humble task that he had of being the doorkeeper at Notre Dame College for years, and then up to the small chapel, which was his his dream was to was to create a a real sanctuary for Saint Joseph. Um, and I think this pilgrimage, this prayer reflection experience, will help the young people enter into the heart of Brother Andre's yes to God, and it will also give them an opportunity to reflect on their own answer to God's call. Um, of course, we are going to the Thanksgiving Mass and celebration at the Olympic Stadium uh, on Saturday afternoon. And Sunday morning, we're going to have a special brunch and round table um, where it will be a time of witnessing and dialogue amongst the participant, participants because few have the opportunity to share the thoughts and struggles of their own personal journey in terms of, you know, looking at a religious vocation perhaps mm -hmm. with others and um, they can, with others who are asking themselves the same questions. So this will give them a chance to, to, do, to do that. Well, it sounds like an exciting weekend for you guys. I, I'm really, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm hyped. I think it's going to be really great. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Sister Norma, and our team hopes to see you there. We'll be there. Salt okay, will be there. we'll week. look for you. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, bye. For more information or to register with Sister Norma's group, contact her at nmcdonald at ustboniface.mb.ca by Tuesday, September 14th. Great. So thank you very much. I, I guess uh, as, as the weeks come, we're going to be hearing about more and more groups that want to travel to Montreal. 
for I'll put sure. It for the Canada. Because she's not the only one organizing groups yeah, across Canada great. and the U.S. People are going. Yeah, and I guess we also will be talking about Brother Andre and his canonization as weeks come. So that's something to look forward to with Mary Rose. Thank you so much, Mary Rose, for your diocesan update. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Pedro. Hi, I'm Lila Kanya, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. And I'm sitting here now with our assistant programming manager, Lawrence Fluco. He's the assistant programming manager for Salt and Light Television. Lawrence, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks, Pedro. What, uh, what uh, do we look forward to watching on uh, television this week? Well, actually, this week um, we have a pretty pretty exciting week. Yep. Uh, we start off tomorrow with Witness at 8 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. Yep. Uh, this witness is Father Tom's talking to Sister Helen Prejean. Right, and that's Sister Helen Prejean of uh, Dead Man Walking. That's right, fame. the book, yeah. Right. She was uh, actually nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Nice. And uh, her book actually spawned an Oscar winning uh, movie. Right, that's our Dead Man listeners are familiar with. Yeah, of right. course. So, so Father Tom Mozika will be speaking to Sister Helen Prejean tomorrow. That's tomorrow, yeah. Sunday, September 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Wednesday, yep. we have a new Catholic Focus with host Chris Dimitrenko, okay. entitled Cardinal Newman, Heart Speaks to Heart. Right. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern and 11 p.m. Uh, repeat. Uh, so 7 p.m. Eastern, um, 8 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. Pacific. That's, Pacific. that's correct. I know it gets a little confusing yeah. because it's not, uh, but all our repeats in the Pacific time zone are an hour later. Um, so Cardinal Newman is being, is, is obviously the, the, Cardinal is being canonized by the Pope. That's right. During the trip to England, which I'm sure you're yeah. going to tell us about. So this, yeah, that gets into the the meat of our week, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that's the Pope's apostolic voyage to the UK. Okay. Starting on this Thursday, September 16th, and ending on the Sunday, September 19th, with the with the beatification of Cardinal John Henry Newman. Oh, that's right. So beatification. I said canonization. Yeah, Apologies right. for that. Okay. Uh, some some of the highlights. Um, First of all, we will have all the live coverage at Salt and Light. Okay, so full coverage of the apostolic journey the to England, um, the whole thing. Right. Starting at what time on Saturday? We, on Thursday? Um, we, we start Thursday morning at 5.30 Eastern. I know, I know. a.m. All the live events are always really early in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So the Pope arrives at Edinburgh. Um, some of the highlights of this trip, he um, has a welcoming ceremony with the Queen on Friday, there's a courtesy visit with the Archbishop of Canterbury. Okay. An ecumenical celebration that same day on, on Friday at Westminster Abbey. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday, there's a prayer vigil. Um, that's at 1.15 p.m. Eastern. Okay. For the, for the beatification of uh, Cardinal John Henry Newman. Right. And then on the Sunday, of course, at 5 a.m. Eastern is the Mass and Beatification with the Pope. Okay, so just to clarify, um, the vigil you said was on Friday or on yeah. Saturday? The the vigil is on, on Saturday. Saturday. That's right. So the night at before the, the beatification. Now, for people who don't want to get up at 5.30 in the morning to watch the papal arrival, it will some of these events be uh, rebroadcast on the same day? They will be. The One of the main events from each day will be rebroadcast in prime time. Okay, so that And evening. then there's a, the repeat for the Pacific time zone. Okay, good. So uh, 
That's all coming to Salt and Light Television, the place to be if you want to follow the Holy Father's journey uh, to England. It's a historic visit. Uh, the Holy Father is going to be meeting with the Queen. Um, there's going to be all kinds of uh, other uh, official events. And of course, the highlight of the trip, which is the beatification uh, ceremony, the Mass, on, right. on the Sunday. And we'll give you more details about that next week uh, for the Sunday Mass, the beatification of Cardinal John Henry Newman. Um, thank you, Lawrence. Thank you. Sounds like there's lots of good things happening. So if you want more information about that uh, programming, you missed some of that, a lot of, a lot of dates and times, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org. All our programming schedule is available there. Today is September 11th a day which has been declared by some Florida minister as Burn a Quran Day. Yep, today, when we should be remembering, actually, when most of us are remembering, victims of terrorism and victims of war, a day when we, sh when we should be celebrating peace and condemning acts of racism and discrimination, some people seem to think that it's perfectly okay to respond with an act of hatred. Actually, an act of stupidity. When will we learn that Islam is not the cause of terrorism? And even if that were the case, we don't respond to hatred with hatred. I wouldn't be surprised if this event in Florida will trigger violent retaliation. There are crazy people on both sides. So when will this end? No, what we have to do is extend a charitable hand to our Muslim brothers and sisters. Remember, there was a time when it was Bibles that were being burned and Catholics were being persecuted for our beliefs. Pope John Paul II said in 1999 that recourse to violence in the name of religion is a perversion of the very teachings of the major religions. And appropriately so, the Vatican issued this past, September 8th, a message expressing great concern at the news of the proposed Quran burning day. The message refers to the events of 9-11 by saying that these deplorable acts of violence cannot be counter an outrageous and grave gesture against a book considered sacred by a religious community. So I hope that there aren't any Catholics in Florida getting caught up in this frenzy. I hope that instead we offer our deep sentiments of solidarity with those who were struck by these horrendous terrorist acts. Together with the Vatican, we join our prayers for them and their loved ones who lost their lives. In January 2010, we spoke to author Karen Zizzo about her son's healing and the book that she wrote about that experience, Ask and You Shall Receive a Miracle for Stephen. It's a powerful story of God's involvement and healing in the life of her family. And it's also a story that taught Karen some valuable lessons, which she has compiled into a second book, Ask and You Shall Receive, Spiritual Strategies for Success in Work and Life. Karen Zizzo joins us now on the phone. Hello, Karen. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Hello, how are you? I, I guess I should say welcome again. Yes. Nice to have you back. 
I'm happy to be back. So That's wonderful. Both books are titled "Ask and You Shall Receive." It seems right. So, right. so why why that? Why frame it in that context? Uh, Basically, that's where it all started for, for me, um, and the whole idea of, you know, our miracle that happened uh, much earlier in our life with our, with our young son, as I, I spoke about the last time, was all about asking. And actually, it came from the piece that I got in the Bible from John, which said, you know, mm. basically to ask for what you want in my name in order to receive. And so this is where it started. Everything, you know, began here. This is where the writing of the books began and, and how we received what we received. Right. Really by asking, because, um, and that's part of what I want to talk about today, um, you know, whether we're asking for prayer or for help or support or resources or even knowledge, um, it's the idea of asking and then expecting a good outcome, expecting right. that it will happen, expecting, and that's the believe part, believing that it will happen for you in order to receive it. Right. So now in this second book, um, you outline or you explain or explore maybe seven lessons that you learn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and I do want to talk about the lessons, but I just want to ask you quickly, the title of the book, I guess the, the, the second title, Spiritual Strategies for Success in Work and Life, sounds like it's a help, self-help book for for business people, but who is this book for? Well, you know, I started out writing it that way, and then as I got into it, I thought, you know, this really isn't about business. This is about work, and this is about life, and this is really for all of us, because Mm -hmm. it's how do we apply these spiritual strategies for success in work and life for everyone. Um, And because of my business background, I thought, well, I could take these lessons and apply them sort of to the corporate world but as i started to write the book i realized no you know that's only part of our life you know our our life is all wound up and interconnected and and it's kind of the same for everybody right so So, that's why i changed it for success in work and life and i guess if you apply the lessons in your own life they will spill into your work life (laughs) anyway right and you know i think we try to compartmentalize uh you know work and our home life and and so on, but we all realize that everything's interconnected and and it all it all spills over as much as we try to compartmentalize it, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and maybe yeah. maybe it's what you say that people spend too much, put so much energy and time into work and not yes. so much time and energy in other areas of their lives. Yeah. Um, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time: you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara. Man, we're speaking with Karen Zizzo, author Karen Zizzo about her second book, Ask and You Shall Receive, Spiritual Strategies for Success in Work and Life. In the book, Karen, you outline seven lessons. I do. Um, And (laughs) I guess um, I'd say, give us the lessons now and tell us, but we don't have time and then people wouldn't (laughs) read the book. So, but maybe, maybe what are some of the lessons that you learned? Because these are lessons that you learn throughout the experience of your son's illness and healing. Right. Right. Um, and, and you're quite right. You know, an awful lot of stuff went on um, at that time, but probably the most important one was the, the, the idea of asking. And a lot of people are afraid to ask, or they think they are putting people out, or, you know, we've all got busy, busy lives, etc. And I know if I didn't ask for that prayer, if I didn't ask for that help, in, in, in huge amounts, I don't just mean one or two people, like a lot of people, right. I don't know that right. I would have ended up, you know, with the wonderful outcome that, that we ended up with. And so you can apply that to your, to your life, to your work, um, you know, asking for what you want. And people always say asking for the sale or asking for someone's hand in marriage or, you know, you can take it right from, you know, your business life into your personal life. You don't really get anything without asking. And if you think about that for a minute, it's so true. Yeah. But uh, lots of times we don't do it. 
And you're saying that people don't do it because they feel that they're imposing or nobody's going to care about what I want or my other people's needs are more important than mine. Exactly. All of those. Yeah. You know? and, and, and what people have to remember, I think, is that today you're asking, and everybody does usually like to help others. So maybe you need something today and you're asking for that and you're asking for that help, but don't forget, tomorrow it will be your turn and someone will ask you. It's kind of like that phrase we're all familiar with, with passing it forward, yes, you know. Yes. Uh, you'll be in a position at some point, you know, if it's not today, tomorrow, next year, to help someone else. And, and then, you know, that's what you do. And you don't mean just also just asking God. I, I guess when people hear asking you so they'll receive, you immediately assume that, oh, it's asking God. But you're saying, yeah, ask God, but don't just ask God, ask everybody else. Yeah, also. and sometimes God sticks those people in front of you, and it's all part of his plan. Exactly. Right? You exactly. know, like the jokes we've all heard about, you know, sending a helicopter or sending a doctor or whatever to you. Yes, and you exactly. Think, well, yeah, but maybe, maybe he was sent by God as well, you know, exactly. to put, put you in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's an interesting insight. Um, a, a, Any other lessons or one more? Okay, well... um. Of course, take a leap of faith. Um, that's, uh -huh. That was a huge one for me um, because most of us tend to kind of fall back and say, oh, well, it won't happen for me, or they go to the worst scenario, or they get a little negative because the outcome doesn't sound very good. And, you know, taking that leap of faith, and faith isn't something, as you know, that you can see. So it, it uh, sort of requires you to take that leap and to sort of put your trust in God and and, and say, you know, I know it's going to happen, and I'm going to take that, that leap to have it happen. And, and I know we certainly did that, you know, in our situation. But right. once again, it can be applied to all components of our life. So, you know, that's definitely um, one that I think um, was important. Uh, yeah. Because, first of all, you have to clearly visualize it and, and maybe use all your senses to see what it is you want. Because... Obviously, if you don't visualize it or see it, uh, I'm not sure that it's going to happen. And then you have to take the leap of faith, and basically it's part of us creating that, you know, right. allowing it to happen, yeah. allowing God to give it to us, and, right. and not getting in the way of it. You know how we all say, <laughs> you need to get out of your own way in order yeah. for it to happen, right? Now, I find that that's a hard one, because what happens with people who who maybe maybe do do that and, and, mm -hmm. and are honest in their asking and in their prayer and, and do take the leap of faith, but maybe in their case, God had a, a, a different plan. Um, is there a lesson, one of your lessons, that would, that would sort of be for them? Well, um, I think the more you use your faith, the more faith you have. And, and um, we have to practice listening to and trusting uh, our higher spiritual inner voice. And sometimes that's sort of almost an intuitive thing. But um, I think that that, uh, that whole idea of, of, you know, holding on to your faith, I know, I don't know in what context you're asking the question. I know if you're saying, like, you know... Um, well, you if, pray for, for your son to be healed and let's right. say he doesn't get healed. Right. And he, Okay, so the other side of that is, if he didn't get healed, then perhaps it was God's will that he not be healed and he actually, you know, pass on. But mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, as I've said to people, um, there's a blessing in that even though you can't see it at the time. You look right. at yourself five years from, you know, from that point, and what kind of a person are you as a result of that? Or what circumstances have come into your life? Or how have you been able to help other people because of the, the path that you've had to walk as a result of that and, and the growth. And I guess what I, I really believe is that God's with us always and mm -hmm. He holds our hand always. And sometimes it's not easy, 
but there's always sort of a bit of a silver lining if you look for it. Something good always comes out of something very tragic, and mm-hmm. that's the way I would sort of handle that because I know that he uses these things to have better things happen in other in other ways. You may have lost your child or your spouse or, or whatever, but what what will happen as a result of that if you look for it? Okay, and if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. Right. You know, but if you look for it, you're going to see how you've changed, how you've become a better person, yeah. or how people have been brought into your life that may otherwise not have been brought into your life because of those circumstances right. or whatever. Right. There's always a positive um, yes. lining to something, but yes. I, I think it's really important to say if if you're looking for it and if you want to see it, because of, you know, there's an awful lot of us that just go down that negative road and you know you're going nowhere good when you do that i talk about it as the road of faith or the road of fear and to me and to me that's going down the road of fear i guess i guess there you go that's three more lessons right there that i just got (laughs) and in terms of being positive in terms of getting yourself out of the way and Mm -hmm. in terms of of uh of not being afraid karen that's all the time we have okay but i think this well certainly i know i know there's there's lots of material there for for conversation hopefully it's been enough to get our listeners interested in in uh, finding more about the book right Um, okay and you are in the toronto area yes i actually am in ancaster so i'm you know one hour from toronto excellent so Uh i guess for people in that area if you're interested in finding more about some of the workshops or, or the the materials you can get from karen uh, right. visit her website so thank you so much Karen oh you're welcome and, uh, Pedro maybe we can uh, chat again soon let us know thank about your you. next book we don't have okay. time to talk about it but when that book comes out let us know okay okay I will thank you very much you're welcome okay bye bye Karen Zizzo is an author and inspirational speaker you can get more information about her and her ministry at her website KarenZizzo.com so that's Zizzo Z-I-Z-Z-O KarenZizzo.com or you can also go to our website SaltonLightTV.org slash radio there, there will be a link there to Karen's site. Um, And you can write to us to tell us your opinions on this topic. Tell us about how God has worked in your life. Um, Write to us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Here now is the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir with two parts from their Mass setting, the Mass for Canadian Martyrs. Um, We'll start with the Sanctus and then we'll listen to the Lamb of God.
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio, heard on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that was the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir with uh, two parts from uh, a mass setting, the Mass for Canadian Martyrs, composed by group director Megan Quinlan. Now, Megan Quinlan began as organist and choir director at Canadian Martyrs Church in Hamilton, Ontario, when she was 15 years old. And it was under her direction that choir grew into what it is now, a four-part mixed-voice ensemble that sings medieval and Renaissance music. Megan Quinlan is also an accomplished musician and conductor outside of the church. And today, she joins us on the phone. Hello, Megan. Hello, Pedro. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. So, you were 15 years old when you became the choir director, but the choir wasn't doing this type of music. Uh, that's f- right. Um. So did you come in like with an agenda? Uh, let's let's change this choir <laughs> and let's do Renaissance music because most fifteen-year-olds really like Renaissance music. Well, it was sort of like that. I mean, I was a typical sort of maybe overconfident fifteen-year-old in that um, I, I knew that the choir really needed uh, an organist. They were they had been looking for someone for uh, for many months. And that was my home parish, and I had gone to some of their masses, and I was, and finally when they announced that they were looking for somebody, I just thought to myself, I could do this. And so you, <laughs> and sorry, you were an organist, but you'd never played organ at your own parish? No, well, I, I was trained in piano and, uh, and okay. in voice, and so I just started doing the organ because they needed somebody. Okay. okay. Yeah, and... Um, I at that time I wasn't so uh, interested in Renaissance polyphony or medieval music yet. Okay. But um, I sort of had an agenda to to at least improve the the singing of the choir because right. um, I had had a lot of experience in the Hamilton Children's Choir, which is directed by Zinfira Polos, right. who is from Kazakhstan, from uh, trained in Russia, and she's just fabulous yeah. with training voices, and so. Uh, so I basically used her exercises and her uh, vocal training, vocal pedagogy, on our little choir, and um, and they're actually very, uh, you know, people say an old dog can't learn new tricks, but but these people, some of them, I mean, we have one member who's almost ninety, and wow. they really picked up. Uh, and, and so it's the same the same group. You didn't uh, fire everybody and hire new. No, <laughs> because you sound they sound great. Oh, thank the, you. The, the thank sound you. is so, it's so clear. It's so, they, you sound, I mean, the, the, well, I've heard the whole album. Um, it sounds great. Um, thank you. Um, so that, that's, that's uh, congratulations. Um, why, why make a recording? Well, um, well, I knew that actually I would be moving away. I'm, I'm leaving for Norway tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> and uh, wow. I'm going there to study conducting. And, uh, I, I I just thought that it would be nice to to make sort of a record of of what we had become because we had evolved over these years into something really quite nice and uh, everyone in the choir is very close and uh, I love our music making and so I thought that perhaps other people would enjoy hearing it yeah and um, our choir manager Karen actually planted this idea in my mind I think way back and then one night it just occurred to me that this was a perfect idea and I couldn't sleep because I was so excited so uh, it actually worked out very well because 
the cellist on the CD, uh-huh. Luke Pomorski, is a, a friend of mine, and he offered to to record us, and so we didn't need Beautiful. a huge budget to Beautiful. to record it. And he's very skilled in that, so we were we were lucky that way. Oh no, I know, and it's easy to record when you, all you need is a church has, that has great acoustics mm-hmm. and a couple microphones. Um, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro, and we're speaking with the choir director of our, our, our group of the week, the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir. Um, uh, you just released this, your first album, I guess, with the choir, mm-hmm. Novum Gaudium. Why that name? Well, it's Latin for a new joy, uh-huh. and uh, one of the tracks on the CD is called Beata Vishra, which is basically blessed womb, and it's honoring the body of the Virgin Mary. And uh, at one point in the song, there is a refrain, and the words are basically O uh, Novum Gaudium. So it's uh, it's talking about the birth of Jesus um, and the fact that the Blessed Virgin is still um, intact and healthy after this birth, and it describes this situation as being a new joy. And uh, I thought it also fit our experience of recording the CD, because it was quite a, a joyful process, and right. um, my years with the choir have been, and so that's why we gave it that name. Nice. Now, you said that you, your your love for this this type of music, polyphonic music or medieval music, didn't didn't happen immediately. So, how did the choir become your regular um, Sunday church group singing Catholic Book of Worship to to what it is now? I mean, how did that you personally, as a musician, grow in that area? Yeah. Um, well, I had taken a number of courses in, in this sort of music at university. Um, and uh, I actually did a research project in medieval polyphony last year. I got right. a grant okay. to do some, some research in that. And I had just listened to, to many recordings of this stuff. And um, when I realized that a lot of it is available for free online, yes. I just thought, well, why not? Um, I yeah. mean, there's so much of the music that you hear um, at Mass is heard so often. And I thought that doing this stuff would add something fresh to the liturgy and something very beautiful. Um, and so I just thought we could try it, and I knew that we were capable of doing it. We have, we're lucky enough that we have at least one great singer on each part. <laughs> right. So, so, uh, so it is possible. It takes some time because some of the, the members of our choir can't read music, and so mm-hmm. we do... Uh, we, I record parts for them, and uh, they listen and listen. They're very dedicated that way, and so, uh, and then we we put it together and we practice quite a bit. Right. But um, but getting the sound and the style is something that I I love to do with mm-hmm. them, and it's quite detailed work sometimes. But it's very rewarding, and you get people coming up to you after mass saying, you know, that was just beautiful. Thank you. So this and is I, sorry. This is the type of music that you would do on a regular Sunday mass. Well, we, we do it more often for, for feast days and for special Sundays, but we do often, I mean, we... Uh, like the Mass a, parts we just heard. The, yeah, mass we do the composed. Mass every Sunday, basically. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, Vatican II said that music, I mean, people should actively participate in the Mass, but that doesn't necessarily mean 
singing, I mean, the whole congregation singing with every single song, I think that you can actively participate and still just listen and be and enter into the music. Right. So we, we still try to involve the congregation as much as possible, which is why the parts of the Mass are relatively simple in terms of the melody. Yeah. But I think that it's nice to have a variety for people. And, I mean, the Church's history is so huge and so rich, and there's mm-hmm. such a great treasury of well-crafted music um, that isn't often being used as much as I think it should be. So... Yeah, well, Megan, you're doing a—you've done a great job with this choir. I, I hope that they can—that uh, you're not in Norway for too long, that they, <laughs> you can come back, or I don't know who's going to take over when you're gone. But hopefully, they can continue their uh, their great work. It, the sound is quite spectacular. Thank so, you very so much. Thank you for uh, for uh, being with us tonight. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Megan Quinlan is the director of the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir in Hamilton, Ontario. They just released their very first CD titled Novum Gaudium. And if you like the songs that we've played and you want to get your hands on this album, you can email us here at radio at saltonlighttv.org and uh, we'll hook you up. So here now is uh, the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir with Keep Me Safe, O God, Psalm 16, from the same album, the new album, Novum Gaudium. That was the Canadian Martyrs Gallery Choir, directed by Megan Quinlan with Keep Me Safe, O God, from their album Novum Gaudium. And that brings us to the end of this week's Salt and Light Radio. If you missed any part of this broadcast or want to listen to any Salt and Light Radio program, go to saltandlighttv.org radio. All our shows are archived right there and available for podcast. Salt and Light Radio is one of the ministries of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. We are a charitable organization devoted to spreading the flavor of the gospel and the light of Christ to the world. Please visit saltandlighttv.org to make a donation or to volunteer to spread the word. Every dollar and helping hand means that we can continue to do this wonderful work of being salt and light in the world. So thank you and thank you for your prayers and thank you for being with us tonight. I'm Pedro Guevara Man and this has been Salt and Light Radio. Sorry, I lied one more piece.